tuned into the greatest sports show on the planet. That's Prince, and he's Barty. And you're now listening to Prince and Barty. You already know what it is, man. It's, it's, it's your boy, Mama, that goes with that man again. And uh, at this particular time, I'm Playoff Barty. Oh, you all oh, Playoff Barty back? Playoff Barty, Playoff Barty only come out in postseason. So basketball <laughs> postseason, football postseason, and hockey postseason. It's not, you know, Ace Lombardi. It's playoff Barty right now. We're in playoff mode. Playoff Barty. Well, we just we just saw the college uh, championship uh, with Nick Saban and Roll Tide, Alabama. He got his seventh national title. So is Nick Saban the goat of all goats when you look at all the landscape of sports? Roll <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say so, man. Uh, when you look at this particular situation, I was actually, uh, I had family coming over the weekend, and it, it goes with our point. I was talking to a guy who was a Cleveland Browns fan because he was asking me, uh, you know, and shout out to the Browns. He was asking me where the Browns went on Sunday. So we started having a conversation, and a lot of people don't know this, but when Belichick was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Nick Saban was one of his assistant coordinators. Mm. And they, the uh, owners of, of Cleveland, said, we got to get rid of these guys. They don't know how to coach. So now we come full scale and look at Cleveland. They had the greatest NFL coach and the greatest college coach on the same roster, and they didn't even know it. Um, Nick Saban, man, what can we say? Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, uh, Julio, uh, Omari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. I mean, we can name so many guys. He's he's put some of the greatest names in football in the NFL. So if I had to say, yeah, I would, I would give it to Nick, man. I mean, especially when the prognosticators had Alabama winning, but not the way that they won that game last night. Fifty-two to twenty-four is not the way that they predicted that game, and so. I, I, you got to give the man his credit. He keeps these guys prepared uh, year in and year out. And then remember, every four years you get new students. So you, you got to give the man the credit. He's probably one of the greatest college coaches we've ever seen. You know, you, you got some people might argue about it. You got some people might argue Brian, of course, who he just passed. I mean, it still remains to be seen. What he's doing in Alabama is just crazy. He's crazy. And if you look at every one of the people that he's coached, Omari Cooper is a top 15 wide receiver. Calvin Ridley is an up-and-coming receiver. Julio is top five receiver in the NFL. Um, um, Mark Ingram, uh, he's one of the main cogs. Jerry Judy. Judy. Oh, yeah. Jerry, Jerry, oh, see? Look at that. Jerry Judy. I forgot to even mention Jerry Judy. Look what he's doing in Denver. That's a study in itself. Then you can go, you can go to so many names that this young man has coached. But all I can say to you is, is this. You got to give him his flowers today. Shout out to Alabama. Uh, and, and since we're talking Alabama, let me ask you this. You know, I know you were going to moderate this, but I got to bring this up because you know I'm a. I, I, I sip the sauce when it comes to Jerry Rice. Is Mr. Smith, Devontae Smith, the best wide receiver we've seen in college history? Man, like, see the the numbers would tell you yes, right? He had 12 catches and bro, the first half of the game, man, you saw his numbers. It's – I don't think – it's funny. Um, when I was watching the game, uh, I was watching, like, his route running and how smooth he is off his breaks reminded me of Jerry Rice. I've never seen somebody 
that smooth off his breaks, almost to where the DB and safety, they're not even – they don't exist. Like, they're so disciplined in their route running. Um, man, you got a lot of great uh, receivers. Obviously, like, you named some Julio, what he was able to do. You know what I mean? Um, Ridley. It's, it's so many great receivers that we've seen over the years. Uh, Desmond Howard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it, it's a lot of great receivers, but I don't know. Here's the thing. I think we could, I think he's going to be judged by how his NFL career goes, right? So it's a lot of pressure of the names you just named. If he goes to the NFL and flames out, I don't think anybody would give it to him. But if he goes to the NFL and, and continues to ball out, that'll be a discussion for a later day, I think. I don't think today is that discussion, but I've never seen nothing like him. Just as far as how smooth he is, uh, what do you think about your boy Braun kind of saying he's Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison in one? High praise from LeBron. Great praise for Devontae. I mean, the thing about this guy that I can say is, is this. He, 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 he's not just the athletic talent. He does watch film. He does spend time. I mean, he, Nick Saban speaks a glorious praise about this young man. The only thing I can say is this. I couldn't say he's the best college quarter wide receiver because he had the greatest college wide receiver season. This is the best season we've ever seen by any wide receiver, but that doesn't mean he's the greatest college wide receiver. Now, as far as pros go, it just depends on where he goes. You know, if he goes to the right person and they get together and they're in film session together, if they're, they're constantly practicing together. Like if you remember, and I know this is a bad example because their relationship flamed out, but the way their relationship started, T.O. and Donovan, the way that the relationship started was beautiful because people don't know this. They, they, they slept together in, in training camp, that same room. So they were in the same, they were roommates. So they slept in the same room. They, they ate same of the same foods. They knew the type of things they liked, which it, that's why it, it shocked the organization because they were so cool in um, the offseason. So the thing is, I have to see where the young man goes because right now he's projected to go third, and if that's the case, then he's going to go to the Miami Dolphins. If he goes to the Miami Dolphins, I love Tua, but I don't think Tua's the, you know, the, the, the next stepping stool for him as a, a, a learning from quarterback to receiver. Now, they can grow together, and Tua has a lot of accuracy. But if I was to put him on a team, and if I had to choose a team in the draft where I would want him to go, honestly speaking, I would like him to land in 49ers. I know it's not it, it won't happen, but just to see him on this offensive side of the 49ers, not saying that he's Jerry Rice, but him on offense and in that same defense with Nick Bosa and all them guys coming back injury, they can be a great team. With with the Dolphins, I just don't know how that's gonna pan out because no knock on Miami, but come on, man. Look out my Miami, they they spoil all their opportunities. They could have made the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs. They gave up 50-some points to the Bills. So I don't want him to go to a situation where it could slow down uh, the growing or the, the growth of him as a player. So I don't like him in Miami, but we'll see. Uh, as far as comparisons for LeBron James, premature. It's still too premature. Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne basically was the two best receivers that Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen, had. And listen, honestly, you know me. If Bron says or do anything, I'm going to back him. But on this one, Barty don't back Bron. Uh, Marvin Harrison, for me, is a top six wide receiver. Reggie Wayne, Wayne is a top ten wide receiver. So I, I'm not going to give him 
So you're basically saying a top five and a top ten wide receiver he's made. He has the um, capabilities. But even then, the same point that me and you discussed this morning, the hash mark in college is longer than the hash mark in pros. So it's easier to get open in college because, you know, the hash between the 20-yard line and the sidelines is longer. So he has more wiggle room, more, you know, off the line of scrimmage room to get open. Let's see what he does in the pros, just like you said, and then we'll really know who he is as a player. No, I agree 110%. Going back to your point where you said he had the greatest college season ever, doesn't make him the greatest receiver ever. We could look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, we just seen that last year. Statistically, he dominated, but he's not even – I can't think about putting Joe Burrow over Cam Newton in college to me. Over like – over uh, what's not Vince Young, Peyton Manning at Tennessee, like I, it's a some great great quarterback that I've seen. That yeah, I know you got the records, but yeah, it's it's hard for me to see what Danny Warfel did, Tim Tebow in college. Come on, bro. Come on, Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward. Come on, Charlie Ward was a step. To this day, I still don't know why he played basketball, but hey, it's what it is. Now I feel you, man. Let's, now I hear you, man. Let, let's let's move on. We had some great, great football, man. Hometown kid, South Florida zone, Lamar Jackson. He got that monkey off his back. Got his first playoff win. He did it in a in a look at me now fashion. You know, what I mean, one of the we saw that run on that third down. It brought you visions of Michael Vick. You, you everybody caught chills just watching that play. Uh, Mike Vick's been speaking on it like. He thought he was watching himself. So, take us talk to talk Lamar, man, and what you saw in that game. First, just would like to make a formal apology to Mr. Lamar Jackson. Of all your greatest critics, I've always been one of them. And so, you finally got the monkey off your back as far as getting your first playoff win. I am impressed, sir. I'm very impressed because after the inter- interception, you could have went into your cave and shut down. But no, you did what you do best, and that scramble. And make plays. Um, Ravens are a dangerous team. Very dangerous team. Just from this particular standpoint. We don't have a team in the AFC that is like Tampa Bay. And I mean the Bucks back in the day. We don't have a team that's in the AFC that's like the Ravens back in the day that can stop a prototypical running quarterback. Kansas City has the weapons for it to be a shootout, but if Lamar just does what he did on Sunday and he just keeps the drives going, keeps the drive going, you deflate a team. You deflate a team's confidence. You deflate a team's morale. Uh, uh, shout out to him. I even like the fact that he didn't shake hands after the game because it was Bush League what Tennessee did uh, week 11 when they did that in that win, when the overtime win over over the Ravens. And so if Tennessee has a problem with that, Brabo, you can call my phone. I don't have a problem with that because it was bushly what they did. They beat them last year, and then before the game, they were very disrespectful to the coach and the team. And so it, it, it's, it's just time. They had to they had to eat their humble, humble pie. Um, the only concern I have with Baltimore is this. I'm picking Baltimore this weekend because the high that they're riding from the win. But there's a guy named Josh, and Josh feels he has that in factor too. He feels he can make plays by running the ball, and he's shown that. Uh, to me, I think he has a better arm than than than, than Lamar. He's more accurate, uh, and he has better receivers. 
if we do the defenses, the defenses are washed, and that's kind of why we give Lamar the, the inside edge because he's fast. Lamar will break for a long run like Barry Sanders. So you really can't factor in what he's going to do with passing or throwing the ball. But what I do can say is, is this. If the Ravens want to win the Super Bowl, you know, if the Ravens want to be the team to make it to the Super Bowl, which is possible they can, the defense and Hollywood Brown has to play a whole lot better. Hollywood Brown has to be better. Um, Lamar Jackson is far none stunned, man. Shout out to what they did this week. And, you know, I like them this week. The spread is, what, three and a half versus the, the Buffalo Bills. The win last week, I really don't want to dwell too much on it because Tennessee, honestly, even though we picked Tennessee on the show, Tennessee deserved to lose from this particular standpoint. If The, the Bush League, man. You can't expect teams to literally look at you the way that they look at you when you do things that you do. So, you know, it happens. Shout out to Lamar Jackson, Brett from Pompano. Shout out to Pompano, all my people in Pompano. Trust me when I tell you this, man. I, I, my cousin was, was, was in town. We drove past Pompano, man. Niggas was popping bottles. People were just going crazy right now because the, the way they, they were acting like it was a Dolphin game because of Lamar Jackson. Shout out to Lamar Jackson and all, all, all the people out of Pompano Beach. Yeah, I think – I think okay, so the NFL's changed, right? There's a lot of mobile quarterbacks, you know, running out the pocket. That's the norm now. Kyler Murray. Aaron Rodgers been doing that for years, right? But even Michael Vick, obviously. What makes Lamar different to me is going back to what you said with Barry Sanders. Lamar could literally break the game open any second. It's like the great equalizer. You know, let's let's go back to boxing, even though Wilder lost. But Wilder is not a traditional boxer with real boxing strategy, but he has a great equalizer. He has the biggest right hand we've ever probably seen since Hitman Hearns, since Mike Tyson. Lamar Jackson has that. So it's like, okay, they could be down 10 zip. He could scramble for 90 yards. And blow, the, and blow the game. There's no other quarterback on the planet that has that equalizer. Maybe Patrick Mahomes throwing to the cheetah. Patrick Mahomes could rip your heart out and throw cheetah a 90-yard bomb. I, I would give him that. But as far as a quarterback being able to blow a game wide open, I've never seen it probably since Vic, that great superpower. Um, I think with Lamar, too, he realized, man, you're not going to make me go away from my advantages. Oh, uh, he just he just runs the ball. It's like, okay, we playing ball, Ace. When we played ball back in the days, right? Y'all what, what, what y'all would say to me? Man, you big, man, you bigger than everybody. I'm gonna post you up. Where's my advantages? Height, length, right next to the goal, drop the ball in the basket, uh, major mismatches, double teams for the open shooter. I mean, we can go on for days. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So why would I listen to y'all? Come outside, man, come. Even though I had handling and can do that stuff, but that's not my advantage. So I feel like Lamar is like, man, forget that. If I see the the my reads, my cut my reads break down, I'm using my feet to give my chance, the my team the best chance to win. So yeah, man, shout out to Lamar, man. And I'm I'm just glad he got that off his back. And in his yeah. interview, he said, What they gonna say now, right? It's always like LeBron, Jordan. Oh, he gotta win one. They win. Well, he got a win, too. They get another one. So it's – I want to see LeBron's uh, – I mean, not LeBron, but Lamar's progression, man. It, it's going to be interesting. The only only issue I can tell you is, is this. As a young man with the last name Rogers, and I'm going to be honest with you, I think he's more hungry than Patrick. 
I think he's more hungrier than, than Lamar. And with that stud that he got named Devontae and Aaron Jones, I don't know if it's going to be enough definitely for Lamar. You know, Patrick has enough help to make it sensible. But we'll see how that tends out. But since we're speaking, Patrick, let's jump to the next game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus the Brownies, man. What can Brown do for you? Shout out to the Browns. They knocked out the Steelers. And now, you know, you would think that you would be rewarded with, you know, some money. You'd be rewarded with the sub. You'd be rewarded with the gift. <laughs> Maybe a spot game. But your reward is now you got to go up to Kansas City and play against Arguably Patrick Mahomes and Baby the, best the greatest offense ever. <laughs> so your reward now is you're going up against the greatest uh, uh, offense ever. You know what? I'll say this, though. This is what I will say. I'm impressed by, by, by Baker. But if Baker is able to lead them into Kansas City and beat that team, boy, no. Baker gets – he gets to me, he gets more, more points than, than – than, yeah, he gets more points than Lamar. I'm sorry. No. To beat that team, yeah, you get a lot of you get a lot of brownie points, bro. You get a lot of brownie points. Let, let me tell you something, man. It's three quarterbacks who are not even in my top ten who present so much problems when the running game is on point. That's Ryan Tannenhill, Baker Mayfield, and Jared Goff. Some of the best play action quarterbacks there are. When Baker Mayfield has it going with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the running game, and they run that play action, cancel Christmas. It's over with. Because he's comfortable. Yeah. He's out the pocket. He's on the move. I don't know. It's a, Browns always have a puncher's chance. Here's the thing with the Browns. The Browns, to me, has – just as much as you want to say the greatest offense is Kansas City, I would say this. This may sound crazy. Running personnel, the Browns have the best, the greatest running personnel of all time. I, I, I and, and I'm not even being disrespectful. The closest thing would be Tiki and um and Jacobs in in in, 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 in the Giants yeah, yeah. because when you look at it, Chubbs gets stronger as the game goes. So he is just a stud as it is. So it's the fourth quarter. Your defense is wearing down. Chubbs is always breaking for a long run in the fourth quarter. And then you look at Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, he's basically saying, listen, it's only charges that have kept me out of the NFL. If those charges didn't keep me out of the NFL, I would probably be one of the best running backs in the league. And so you have these two running backs on your team with Jarvis Landry, with Peoples-Jones, with uh, Higgins, with uh, Austin Hooper, who used to be in Atlanta, and then Baker at the helm. They have weapons. I mean, it's not the Kansas City Chiefs weapons, but they have weapons. I will say this, though, Prince, man. This is the biggest thing I will say to you. That 10 is too many points. I don't think Kansas City's covering that 10. Uh, after, if you look at the Browns, look at their last four games. They scored 48, 24, 33, and then they had that large output. They're one of the highest scoring teams in the league right now. And you, you, you can't as – as a, a Chiefs fan, sleep on the Browns going into this game. It's not going to be no blowout. This is going to be maybe a touchdown game or a field goal game. So now it's 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 a question of this now, right? We're in the playoffs. Do you're asking me, do I trust Stefanski and Baker Mayfield or Andy Reid and 
arguably the greatest, one of the greatest young quarterbacks of all time. I'm going to go with Andy Reid just because he's going to put them Browns corners in uncomfortable. You know what makes the Brown, uh, Kansas City so special? They get you in one-on-one matchups. So people watch the game like, how's Kelsey wide open? They pin you in and out wheel routes, cheetahs running off screens. It's, it's so much movement with them that somebody's going to get a one-on-one matchup. See, I agree. I agree totally with you, Prince. I do. One wholehearted percent. I do trust Andy Reid more. But if I still had to pick, I still would lean towards the Browns. And I'm going to tell you why. We've seen this so many times that the team that's the hottest in the league is not the team that wins the second championship. It's the team that came through the wild card. Now, oh. you look at Kansas City last year. They weren't the best team last year. Baltimore was. But when they started before the wild card, they went on a three-game winning streak. Into the playoffs, and they rolled that all the way to the championship from a wild card. And so I'm not saying that the Browns will beat the Chiefs, but if we really are going to sleep on Stefanski and the Browns, the thing of it I always look at is this. Um, it's like it's like uh, uh, the momentum is in their way. All momentum is in their favor. You look at that game from the opening fumble by Ben, ben Roethlisberger to, to the picks that he's thrown. Their defense is playing better. Their offense is playing better. And I'm going to tell you the biggest key that we have to factor into this game why I don't believe the Chiefs are going to cover. I don't like bye weeks. I've never liked bye weeks. And I'm going to tell you why. Bye weeks take away from your momentum. If you had a week, or if especially you notice teams, the last week of the season, they'll play all their, their second-string players, and then you're basically giving two weeks off to the offense. Two weeks is a long time. 14 days, snaps, plays, and then the only thing is is this, Cheetah still got that same knee injury that they're talking about, and it's, it's not going to keep him out of the game. But if it just slows down some of his mobility, that will give uh, time for one of the greatest pass rushers of all time, and I do believe he is one of the greatest pass rushers of all time, Miles Garrett, to get to uh, Patrick Mahomes. Nah. So we, we should have a good game. I still got the Chiefs winning by three. I just think 10 is too much. Remember, we had that discussion early in the year with the Denver Broncos, and everybody laughed at me, and the Broncos covered that spread. So I'm telling you, it's the same with this game. I believe momentum is in the Browns' favor. I would take the Chiefs to win, but 10 is just too much. No, I I agree. But the thing with the Chiefs, what makes them different from another team with, like, the most talent, they they know how to play from behind. They, they, they know how to play from behind and they know how to win dirty. And that's what I kept. That's been the theme of the whole season. They, they won. They beat people 17 to 15. So if, for example, if the Chiefs had went down 28 zip, 21 zip, I'm like, oh, Patty just getting started. When Big Ben was down 28 zip, I turned it off. I text you. I already stopped watching the game. No, there's no need to watch anymore. With Patty, <laughs> he might come back before halftime. And, and, and that's the that's the, that's the main point that I'm saying. The main point that I'm saying is that Patrick Mahomes makes things better. He is the cheat code. That's why I said that I don't see them winning the game, but keeping it close, yes, I can see that happening. But I don't see them winning the game. I mean, I, I, I we've already discussed this. I've changed my Super Bowl pick. I got Chiefs in, in Green Bay, so that's gonna be that's just my thing. Nobody's gonna stop the Chiefs from getting to the Super Bowl. Bro, let's let's talk let's talk hoop, man. Let's uh 
let's get into LaMelo Ball. He, he, he's as advertised. He out there looked like the and one, and one mixtape, throwing the ball behind his back, over his head, hitting fadeaway threes. Are you shocked on how kind of easy he's making the NBA kind of look where it's, it, it seems like he's kind of doing what he wants out there, like it's, like it's the playground? Well, I'm going to make a statement. People may get upset when I say this, but LaMelo is more like Michael Jackson. And the reason why I'm saying that is this. Got a chance to see what Tito can do. We got a chance to see what all the other Jackson brothers are going to do. And he said, listen, I'm not going to make the same mistakes as my brothers. Now, we don't know if he's going to have the same impact as Michael Jackson. But being that he's the younger brother of LeVar and, and, and um, the other brother, uh, Jello, Jello. You, you look at how Jello, uh, Le, Le Jello did in overseas with the old stealing incident. Then you see at uh, Le, 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 Lonzo. Lonzo, I'm sorry, I said LeVar. I apologize. Lonzo, Lonzo was, you know, not what as advertised for the Lakers. So now that we move full scale and full circle, he's in a team that's owned by Michael Jordan. So Jordan's going to give him pointers. Then his, his starting point guard is Terry Rozier, who's having a great year. Um, I mean, what more can you ask for from LaMelo? We knew kind of what he was going to be because everybody said he was the best of brothers. But if you look at it, he has a better form as a shooter than the other brothers. He has a better eye for passing than the other brothers. And then the ultimate stamp of approval, what LaVar said. He's the youngest. He's the best of the three. And mostly what LaVar has said about his sons have been mostly true. I mean. You know, of course, he's had his that whole LeVar situation, which is, I mean, I'm not LeVar, uh, Alonzo's situation was wrong when he said he was better than Steph. But moving forward, he was right. Everything, I, he checks all the boxes that his dad said. I mean, there's not much you can really say. He's, he's great as advertised, uh, probably one of the clear-cut favorites for Rookie of the Year, which most people thought, uh, bearing a letdown by any other of these other players. But shout-out to uh, LaMelo Ball. Yeah, I think with, with him, as, as an athlete, right, the biggest tool we have is our confidence. It's not a step back jumper. It's not our height. It's our confidence in our heart. This kid has confidence through the roof, man. Like, he scored 100 points in high school. So he, know, he knows how to get up shots. You know, he knows how to compete at a high level. And I think he gets that from his dad. His dad said he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one, so – they're not strangers to confidence, man. I think he's only going to get bigger. He's he's six eight now. I think they say he might reach six ten. You know he's going to put on more weight and become a better shooter. So I think his trajectory is through the roof. And he, some players respond to success different. I think he's going to respond like I'm on Sports Center. I'm going to get better. I'm going to put the time in in the gym. They say he's a gym rat already. So I think he's going to be great, man. But what do you think about the NBA with this COVID, man? With Do you think the season, uh, th- there's rumors of them shutting down for 14 days just to kind of figure things out. Do you think there'll be a full season with COVID? Here's the biggest thing that I, I couldn't understand with the league. The NBA, you know, and I'm not taking shots at the NBA, but it, this, is, this, is, this is my When we started this whole COVID situation, they realized that this thing was not, it wasn't what we needed. And they came up with the bubble. And the bubble was as expected. It was perfect. I, I think the bubble 
to me, was one of the greatest champions that we've ever seen. Shout out to the Lakers. But the bubble was perfect. And then when TNT, ESPN, ABC, the TV deal, of course, comes in, you lose your mind, like all people do when they win the lotto. They get money, they lose their mind. The TV deal came in, they lost their mind. They didn't think this thing through. They just said, okay, 72 games, players are going to play. If we had issues with Lou Williams, all these other guys, uh, Daniel House sleeping with one of the, the workers, COVID is a disease that the average American does not take seriously. And the NBA mishandled this thing. Now, it's not football where you play every weekend. So football works more because you can take time off because you got six to seven days to heal in between games, so you're good. NBA, you're playing back-to-backs. You're flying from city to city. I don't think that the NBA thought this thing through what they should have been. This is my opinion. The cities that are spiking the most should not be places where we have games. I'm sorry. The home atmosphere doesn't mean anything now because there's no fans in the stands. So who cares about fans, I mean, about home games and away games? Cities like Kansas City, uh, cities like uh, where Green Bay plays, Wisconsin, you know, cities that don't spike, that's where we should be playing. But you can't get mad when Seth Curry goes to New York, one of the most spiking areas in the world, and he gets COVID, and then you want to look at Seth Curry, who's a model citizen, and be like, well, why you got COVID? No, NBA, you gave Seth Curry for sending him to the New York. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's – I don't know I don't know how they're going to get a handle on him, man. Um, it, it just seems like impossible. It's almost like trying to hold water in your hands. <laughs> you, you, you can't – you have no control over over that, you know what I mean? Um yeah, and what I saw yesterday on the jump with Rachel Nichols, shout out to the jump, is they're allowed two guests. Each player is allowed a significant other and so two guests. So if I'm single, you got two little IG, <laughs> two little IG baddies in the room. You don't know what they – it's not like they getting, they're not getting tested at the hotel and coming into the room. Bro, ain't no telling how these dudes getting this, man. Well, I mean, the big, the biggest thing is, is this. Shout out to the Miami Heat because, you know, they're, they're working on with the press passes for us. But even with that, you know, when they told us the protocol, we have to do it the same way we do our shows. You know, you can't be around the players. Things have to be done via a, a video call because now you don't know who has COVID. People are asymptomatic. And so the sad thing is people think that they can live the way they live. Like my cousin came in town this weekend. He was like, oh. South Beach, Miami, we're going to hit it. I said, bro, I don't even know why you took this trip. Because half the weekend, we're going to be in the room playing Madden because I ain't fooling with COVID. COVID is just like the sun. COVID is just like, like, like the rain. They undefeated. Ain't nobody stopping them. COVID is undefeated. Let's have common sense. If anybody has sense, they will do maybe a 40-game season and then do everything else in the world. That's just my take, NBA. Till we can get a handle because now we got COVID coming around that we don't even know. There's different strands of COVID. 40 games in the bubble and 40 games in the regular season. And then do a playoff. And you can still keep your 80 games. Because if you do 40 games and you do them in an area where it's not bad, and then you go right back to Orlando, do your bubble, it makes more sense. I get people don't want to be away from their families. But listen, I'll be honest with you. With a job like an NBA player, 
They got it made. You get millions of dollars a year to play a sport. No knock. I'm not saying it's not hard, but bro, for you to go to a bubble, just just suck it up. Go be in the bubble. You know, I don't get how a lot of those players said they couldn't play in no bubble. Bro, there's some people who, who can't be in the war. They go to war. You better go to the bubble. People go to war to save our lives for our country's freedom. You better take your behind to that bubble. That's the end of that. Wow. That's real. No, that's that's real. That's real talk. I mean, yeah, they, they, they got to figure it out. And they got to figure it out quick because that's the thing where you're you're playing both sides of the corner, right? You're playing uh, the capitalist game, right, with the, the big the big uh, TV networks, the TV deal. And then you got to you got to deal with the players, too. On, on the other end, I, Adam Silver, man, he, he's been doing a great job, but it, he's trying to juggle too many things, you know, to keep the billionaires rich and keep the players safe. So mm-hmm. hope, hopefully they figure it out, man. But I want to I want to give a special shout out to the Prince and Barty listeners, man, our our videos, our views, our downloads. Everything's going up, man, you know. 2021 looks looks amazing. Shout out to people who was rocking with us since 2020 when we started. Shout out to everybody who's rocking with us now. We appreciate. We see we see the growth. We see the download. You know, we're just trying to continue to give y'all original sports content, just with a different lens and perspective. Definitely, man. Y'all make sure y'all follow us on every social media platform. And I'm gonna make an announcement. I know my co-host ain't got a problem with this one. It's not anything as far as future reference, but. Soon, we're going to start doing trivia to our day one listeners. And if you get it right, you might get a little grab bag or something, something for Prince and Barty, man. Because if you can remember some of our very first show, we're going to start showing love, man. So y'all definitely tune in for that. Check us out each and every week on Skyhawk as well as Pop Culture Radio. We do our thing. Yes, sir. Prince and Barty, Prince and Barty, Prince and Barty. We got you. And Barty is your number one source for all things sports. Now streaming on Spotify and iTunes.